welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 434 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? I'm stunning and amazing. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, it's been an exciting week on planet Earth or in, in here in the UK at least. <laughs> once again, yeah, we love a good we love a good crisis in the UK, don't we? Or is it everywhere? Well, we we, we do at the moment. It seems to be one after another. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we were gonna. I think we were gonna talk about pets actually, but we decided to do one on uh, panic yeah. and kind of overcoming anxiety, kind of related to that said panic. So we'll, we'll come, we'll come back next week. Yeah, pets can wait till next week. Um, yeah, liveinthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links in the previous episodes as well. Um, if you put your email address in the box, we'll send you some free meditation files and weekly alerts for the show. Uh, and yeah, just a reminder, you can get the show on YouTube now as well. We, we record these Zoom calls and um, assuming that I'm looking half decent, which I don't know, actually today, not so good really. It's been a, been a long old so day. You're looking, you're looking like you've experienced life. So. Yeah, definitely. It's been a, it's all go at the moment, <laughs> but yeah, uh, maybe just stick to the, yeah, the audio only. It's up to you. Anyway, um, yeah, what have you been up to, Sean, or how's life? Uh, we've actually been away in Gino, our camper van, and stayed ah. in um, Danamere, um, which was uh, very nice, very good. So yeah, did it perform? Did you, did you have a, a night away in it? Did you, you slept in it? Yeah, yeah, we we slept out. So and it's it's kind of getting used to it and getting used to the different bits of it and bits that we need and just remember to take that next time and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah does it kind of transform when you when you when it comes for to bedtime into? Yeah, sort of... you can the, the top pops and you can have a two birds up and two birds below, you know, like a double up, double down. Oh, cool. Uh, look, Lots of families stick the kids in the top and the and the, the parents down the bottom kind of thing. Fabulous. Yeah, it's good. Very yeah, nice, good. man. Yeah, I'm still yeah. yet to come and have a look, so uh, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll come around one of these weeks and we'll record face to face and you can give me a give us a proper tour. We could record from Gino the van, couldn't we? <laughs> we could, yeah, we could, we will. Although, uh, yeah, autumn is coming, hasn't it? The last last few days, it's kind of the weather's. Well, snapped and it's uh, it's gone cold all of a sudden. But hey ho, yeah, yeah. But if you're um, on the site on these things, you can plug into the electric and you have heating. Ah, uh, okay, very and nice. You can actually keep it warm, so people do stay out all year in them. Apparently, okay, cool, fascinating. All right, well, um, yeah, we'll kind of segue into issues around fuel because um, and kind of yeah, the things that we rely on because we had a bit of a bit of a scare on a bit of a non-event in the UK, which turned into well, felt, what felt like the end of the world for a couple of days for some people. Cause uh, yeah, we yeah. had a bit of a mini, mini fuel crisis, didn't we? Which, which led to some quite fascinating scenes on the news. Yeah. Um, do you want to, well, I think most of our listeners are in the UK, but do you want to let people know what's happening in case, in case they haven't heard? I, I, I think that it would be fair to say, and I know that because I, I do work around the world, that people do are looking at the UK at the moment as like, oh, my God, what are you doing, kind of thing. Um, we, we chose 
to leave the European community, think it would be good to go on our own, and didn't it appears planned for it to happen. And there have been seems to have been a lot of crises that have followed, which which is like the fisheries, um, the lorry drivers, the people to work in our farms and fields and all that kind of stuff, which have created a whole load of crises um, that were then compounded with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, forgot and, about that one. Yeah, so we had COVID and Brexit, and then we had the panic over toilet rolls and pasta, which seemed to go on forever. And now that's been superseded by a panic over fuel. So now <clears throat> lots of places in the country, all the garages, all the pumps dry because there's no fuel to go in them, and everyone just panics and gone around and drained it all out. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, fuel fuel can take many forms, but we're talking about liquid dinosaur juice that 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 yeah. horrible yucky yeah. stuff that we're supposed to not be using any anymore anyway <laughs> we're talking about diesel and petrol aren't we yeah <laughs> um yeah and there's been crazy scenes there was a picture up on one of the media um things of a guy and he must have had a dozen jerry cans at the back of his car he'd filled his car and now he's filling up all these jerry cans to put in his boot um and it's, it's like that there are a lot of garages who are limiting the amount of fuel that you have to £30 worth, and you can't have more than £30 worth. But then people are just going from one garage to another to get £30 worth of car. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I, didn't know what, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry, really. Just um, the, the, the day it started to kick off, or I was actually out in the morning and I kind of noticed some weird goings-on at, at one of our local petrol stations and there. Uh, yeah kind of yeah then by you know an hour later um like it seemed like all hell had broken loose and there were quite quite long lengthy lengthy queues i went out to a meeting obviously on two wheels because that's how, how i try and get around and yeah went past this mad long queue of people trying to get into a petrol station and came back two hours later and it was even worse uh so yeah again yeah like i said i just didn't know whether to laugh or cry and it was kind of a strange kind of seen really and it was kind of especially when you start seeing other more extreme cases on the news of people fighting over stuff and getting a bit bit of argy-bargy outside you know you pushed in all that kind of stuff there was kind of somebody drew a knife on one and threatened someone else Um, crazy there was a kind of were there any similarities there between like addictive behavior that you see? Like, cause it's the, the, the people I saw that were queuing up was they kind of looked like addicts to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my thing about addiction isn't, are you addicted? Or are you not addicted? My thing is what are you addicted to? Because all of us have a normal, which is our chemical normal, which is created by what we do and the things that we have. And if we don't have those things, so we get a withdrawal feeling, then we, we have to do it, do something to raise that level of chemistry back up in ourselves again. So we can be addicted to moaning, we can be addicted to traditional drugs, um, but we can also be addicted to things like the way that we get around. You know, and it becomes that idea. I mean, that mad Edward, that mad Edward who goes on and on about people riding on bikes. Well, Edward, you try riding a bike in the snow. When you've got four <laughs> kids on the back, you know, it, it's, it's like <laughs> people will find all kinds of reasons to justify their behavior and, and what they do. Um, but that maintains their addiction. 
So, I mean, people are addicted to, for as I'm concerned, people are addicted to things like McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see people who they, they can't have their Mackie D and they're there in, in a state of misery, you know, yeah. and then they get their Mackie D. Because, yeah, I mean, the same thing. There was a, a, a chicken shortage at one point. And then when when the chicken came back, the queues outside McDonald's were just ridiculous. You know, the drive throughs they just went on and on and on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe the word addiction isn't isn't right in this sense for the fuels, the petrol stuff. It's more of a dependency. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of trips that we do, um, especially if you're a driver and, you you know, a car does allow you to kind of extend you know, go great distances in an hour. You know, it's crazy how far you can get in a car in an hour compared to on a bicycle or on foot, depending on where you are, you know. But um uh so it's more it's more of a dependency than an addiction, isn't it really? I guess. I, I'm not sure what the distinction is between the two, but I'll I'll accept that the uh... I'm just trying to be just trying to be polite really and, and polite, nice yeah. I, I was yeah. wondering I was chatting with some people online you know some of my fellow cycling campaigners and just like we're just all fascinated by what's going on um because uh, we know that a lot of we know that a huge amount of car trips done by people are like really short like one to two miles that could you could bike it you could walk it in 20 minutes so um so we know that, and yet people still were, you know, were really concerned. But, but at the same time, I do know that I, I don't think that the scenes that we saw were irrational, because I think that in the in the minds of the people um, queuing for, for petrol, what they were doing was entirely rational. You know, they were trying to have enough petrol in the tank so that they could go about their business for the next week or two weeks or however long they kind of they off they tend to how much driving but, but, they do. but what 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 happens is psychologically is that people rationalize and justify <laughs> their emotional situation so like it's perfectly reasonable for me to be fighting these people to get my fuel because in three weeks time i need to go to honolulu in my car you know <laughs> it, it's like uh, and people will use the cognitive tool in their mind to justify their emotional need to have now yeah, and it, it's like when someone was walking out of Costco with a tower of toilet rolls on their trolley. You know, did they actually need those toilet rolls? If they had one pack, which would have been 40 toilet rolls, that would have lasted them a while, wouldn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, to, to me, but we rationalise it, you know. Uh, but but we, we do that. Uh, people have done it throughout time. You know, Hitler... Um, managed to rationalise the fact that it was okay to kill Jewish people. So millions of Jewish people were killed because they weren't human, were they? They were just animals, which meant that animals were okay to kill, but human beings aren't. Mm. Yeah. Which then takes you into another whole world of, um, <clears throat> the whole, like, what we eat, the fact that we're going to be running out of turkeys for Christmas, there aren't going to be enough turkeys for Christmas, so we can all panic about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can rationalise by saying, but we've always had a turkey for Christmas. I always have a turkey for, you know, but actually maybe this year you don't. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I'm trying, I'm, yeah, I'm not too wet. We do have turkey every Christmas, but I'm not too wedded to it. And in fact, I'm going on record. I don't I don't think turkey's even that, that great, to be honest. I think uh, it's a bit, you know, I try my best to cook it perfectly every year. 
and it's always a bit dry, I think, and a bit, it's not, it's not the best, best, best meat in the world. So maybe we can live without turkey. <laughs> I hope I haven't offended anyone too, too much but, there. But, but you've just probably offended all the vegans um, <laughs> and the vegetarians. And you, you've, you've just um, uh, offended all of the turkeyophiles who um, live for turkey. They're just living for turkey for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay well just trying to get something constructive out of this one then because you mentioned turkeys there and we're already kind of projecting forward now to christmas in the uk and i'm sure yeah. there's various other things around the world saying that you know there might not be this this christmas or yeah the toys might not be delivered or covid might make a you know a return to, to hospitals and kind of start to cripple that infrastructure again might not be able to see our families at christmas that kind of fear stuff is, is starting to set in so what can we do to prepare knowing that a crisis is probably around the corner of some kind for us whether it be you know just something that affects us personally or something on a kind of community-wide well, scale one, one thing that human beings have although we're not always that good at using it effectively <laughs> is we have this wonderful wonderful facility that a lot of other species don't have which is we have creativity we have the ability to create the solution to a problem. Creativity isn't necessarily about painting the Mona Lisa. Creativity is like, how do you change, solve, discover something? Yeah? So, okay, if you can't have turkey for Christmas, we can either um, all go and drink gin. Might, might not be any gin, that's called. Um, and, and get depressed about the fact that we can't have turkey for Christmas. So we can go, okay, let's be creative. If we're not going to have turkey, what are we going to have? Let's do something else. Yeah. And yeah. that's where the, the human mind has this, this phenomenal capacity to do things if we allow it to. <laughs> but we don't. You know, we use our creative potential to imagine the worst scenarios. We live those in the present and then we get anxious and panic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we can actually live in the present and not keep dragging <laughs> some supposed future that may never happen into the present then we've got a chance of living in the present in a fairly normal kind of way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's also worth mentioning that we don't have to kind of let events take us by surprise, or rather events can take us by surprise, but we don't need to – we can be in a position to not panic because we're kind of prepared for, prepared for it. And, you know, in the case of a fuel crisis, okay, maybe you do have a stash of fuel somewhere safe, you know, in a, in a jerry can or uh, – somewhere you know conscious that it's kind of a flammable, flammable explosive uh liquid so don't, don't just leave it somewhere safe but don't keep it under the bed okay. yeah maybe you should have a backup of some somewhere you know and um we have uh a, a good amount of dried food that i that i keep uh and i actually started doing that way back in um the no deal brexit days when it was starting to look a little bit as if we might have trouble with food supplies so since then, I've kept a supply of dried goods and tinned goods that could get us by for, uh, I don't know, a month or two. And how's your supply of toilet rolls going? Yeah. Toilet rolls, not so good right now, actually. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm hoping I've got a bit of time to, to fix that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to panic anyone by saying that because you don't need to panic because everything's okay. And if you've kind of got the right mentality, you can uh, and you plan ahead. And then you'd be all right, you know. Yeah. I know you've got a wood burning stove, which we do as well, actually. But uh, there was some gas gas issues recently, so um, 
are you like can you heat yourself in the winter or can you keep yourself warm with with mm. things should should yeah. it because i guess without getting too dramatic you know starting to uh, i'm going to put a link to things like the fall of the the roman empire and stuff um sometimes things go wrong in societies don't they and you are you can, saying that the roman empire failed because they ran out of toilet rolls <laughs> yeah <laughs> and flour and uh yeah and <laughs> maybe it was pizza dough i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can be ready for crises, can't you? Whether it's a massive, great big thing that affects millions of people or it's something that affects just you and your family. There's, there's a difference between planning and panicking, you know, and anxiety. It's like if, if you plan and you know what's going on, say, so okay, we know that there could be difficulties at Christmas, right? So now we need to plan, not panic. That means it sounds to me, I don't, I don't eat turkey, so I don't know. Um, but it sounds to me like there are going to be an amount of families that are not going to have their expected turkey. You know, now um, people are going to be thinking, well, not me. I'm going to get in there first and go and get a turkey. You know, <laughs> so that's when you get the panic and people queuing up at the at the farm to go and kill a turkey. I mean, but the the thing is, um, if you're not going to get a turkey and there's going to be around people that aren't, what are you going to do instead? You know, it's that kind of human creativity. Actually come up with a solution. Don't focus on the problem, focus on the solution. How are we going to do it? Let's be positive. Yeah? And it is the same with the fuel issue. If we cannot use fossil fuels anymore, but we do need to stay warm and we do need to be mobile, how are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah? And it's been possible. And you're saying very clearly from the research that you've, you've done, that um, human beings, uh, that the average car ride is like a couple of miles rather than people aren't going somewhere. And people used to and could walk well, they could go on a bike or they could whatever. You know, how many kids are overweight because they don't move their bodies? Whereas if kids did walk to school, maybe they would be fitter and healthier. Maybe that would take, take more pressure off the NHS in the future. But it's that kind of planning, creative mind that makes the world different mm-hmm. not the oh my god i must have this now yeah. kind of thing. yeah do you think do you think that, what percentage of people do you think or of like society needs needs a crisis to get things moving to put to enact change like do you think we just need a kick up the backside every now and again or do you think we're you know, are we capable well, of we, we, we know pretty much that the only reason people change is either pain or awareness Either they have the awareness to think, okay, I need to plan for this to be different, or we have to wait for it to become a crisis and then we do something about it, right? So if you look at our governments, I'm not really interested in the politics or who they are, but if you look at, at the planning for Brexit, it's like it wasn't done through awareness. So what we've got to do now is because we're in the pain phase because things are going wrong, now we've got to do something about it, whereas we could have done something about it in, in, in the past, you know. And, mm. and so none of this would have happened. <laughs> but here we are, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, even with COVID itself, it, it came as, as a bit of a surprise, didn't it, to, to the world? Some countries or some places were better better prepared than others. Um, I'd, I'd probably say the UK was not, it took us by surprise quite a bit. And I think even mm. there was a government department or something that was kind of shelved a few years ago, which would have helped enormously in terms of... Uh, yeah. being ready for this because it's 
Yeah. They happen all the time, you know, throughout human history, don't they? On a kind of, mm. if, you, if you zoom out um, on, mm. the, on a timeline. So. But it, but it is a case of, of, okay, what's the next crisis that's going to hit humanity? And I don't know whether that's going to be a resource, an illness, whether it's going to be a climate issue. We don't know. Um, it's likely that as the, the planet gets hotter, that people are going to have to move away from the equatorial regions, from the equator and move north and south, um, which means that we're going to have to shift over and make a bit of space for other people to come mm-hmm. on in, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. But like I think, like I said before we came on air, there's, there's, there's weird knock-on effects to that, aren't there, which you get some weird politics. You'll get politicians that kind of try and prey on that, that situation and you know people not not many people will like will like or not many a, a certain amount of people won't like them foreigners coming over here and, you know so we're my, my point is we're already seeing stuff like that and like the fuel crisis of now is just a, a little drop in the ocean to yeah. like actual real fuel crises that will come in the next five yeah. ten years something like that but so. may, maybe this is a good kind of aperitif you know we're kind of um learning about things if we're awake to it yeah uh, and we and we don't follow the pain route if we do some awareness okay what does this mean if there is going to be less fuel around and the chances are that that's true um if we t- if we t- all go to electricity we know that there isn't the the power supply to, to actually uh, power all the vehicles with electricity at the moment there could be uh, if we plan it, but do we, you know, everybody buys an electric car and then there's no electricity to charge it with because we haven't got enough capacity to do it. You know, it's like we, the planning has to be in this. Yeah. Indeed. So yeah, get planning and, you know, everyone get, we need, we all need to take responsibility for this stuff, don't we? As, as communities and as individuals, I guess. So, mm. um, I think, yeah, you talked earlier before we came on air about one of the important things. We, we talked about it more recently about finding your, it's important to find your community in times like this as well and kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. But th- th- think about um, any community that we live in. And if we shared cars, which people tried to do in the past, car sharing schemes, um, and so rather than four people going in one car each, if four people went in one car, we would just save 75% of the fuel. Yep. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yep. But it means we actually have to work together, talk to each other, communicate, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, there are uh, there are some car sharing schemes popping up. Well, you, you, can, you can share cars in London, like Zipcar, isn't it? But I think, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the plans are afoot, but whether whether we're not, whether we're going to be quick enough off the mark or not is the... Uh, uh, it remains to be seen, but hopefully we'll get there, and we, we'll get there one way or another, won't we? But we're just not sure where there is, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and um, if we are in a situation where we run out of oil, you know, we have the creativity to create alternatives. You know, it, it, if we get to the point where everything that we do is toxic we have the creativity to create non-toxic alternatives um but it's like are we clever enough to actually use our creative creativity positively rather than using our creativity negatively yeah and when you use creativity negatively you create anxiety and panic 
because that's what it is. If someone imagines the light bulb in the future, and that's that's a creative act, and they pull it into the present, that's an amazing creative thing to do. But if someone imagines disaster and horrible and nasty things in the future, and they pull those into the present, that's a horrible anxiety and a nasty thing to do. Yeah. But it's the same part of the brain and the system, the same process. We're using our creative genius to create panic and anxiety and horrible feelings. Mm. Why do that? Crazy. Very. Mm. Um, all right. What's your resource of the week, Sean? Uh, my it is a book. It's called Rewire Your Anxious Brain, and it, and it goes into neuroscience and talks about your brain and things that you can do to stop obsessing, being compulsive about things, and actually being able to let go of stuff. And it, it gives you some quite good, um, some good ways of doing things, but it also explains how the brain works. Mm, which is, okay. I'll put a link up for that. It's good. Brilliant. All right. I'll link. Yeah, I'll put that on the site. Uh, mine is a, a link to a PDF called Getting Ready Together, which a guy, a, a writer I know, um, published a few years ago, um, which is, talks about what you should have in place um, should the worst happen, like a society level. So it's pretty fascinating in terms of the amount of like food that you should have put to one side and that kind of thing and, uh, and, and fuel as well, actually. So, and he's yeah. just, he's just started, he put it out a few years ago. And uh, he's just kind of come back online, really, just to kind of emphasize, like, it's, you know, it's happening, all this stuff that I was talking about. So uh, mm-hmm. um, without wanting to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything or too panicky, I think it's it's, it's full of really good advice. So, yeah, it's worth worth, yeah. Uh, worth looking at. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. You happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Wicked. Yeah. All right. Well, normal service will be resumed next week, and we'll, we'll talk about pets and sort of nice yeah. like that, hey? Yeah. <laughs> All right, That's thanks, John. Okay, you take care. See, See you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See ya.